0: We want you to know you absolutely matter to God, and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. Honored to be with you this morning, and we come expectant that God wants to move in a fresh way. You know, there's a line out of a song that I love. It says, we don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. So, every single time we meet and we say we're meeting in the name of Jesus, what we're actually saying is he's here. And I know as a fact that one of God's addresses is New Market Alliance Church. You have a history of people connecting with God in this place and their lives being transformed and changed forever. And we are here because of the prayers of faith of many that have gone before, have sat in this very place, have seated tears in these carpets on your behalf so that the gospel could go from them to the next generation and to the next generation. And so this morning we are expectant that the same Jesus that healed the leper is alive and well in us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. If you've got your Bibles with me or your phones, I encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. I'm uh, just going to read a couple verses from you. Basically the scripture that this particular vignette was taken from. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, the reality is, for most of us, leprosy is an unknown disease in this part of the world. In fact, it's not very much around in any part of the world, a little bit in India and some of the majority world countries. But the reason for that is because in 1980, 1981, a cure was found. Leprosy was a disease, some people call it Hansen's disease, where the nerves in, particularly your nose and your extremities, they would not receive messages from the brain, they would not be able to compute pain. That sounds pretty awesome, bring it on, you know, a body that doesn't feel any pain, I love that idea. But the reality is you need pain in order to let you know when you need help. I grew up in Eastern Africa and Eastern Ethiopia. And actually I grew up before 1980. So before there was actually a cure. And one of the places that we lived, there was a leper colony. And these lepers would be kind of sequestered to live by themselves for part of the reason was this disease resulted in such a way they would get injuries, they would have falls, sometimes they would put their hand in the fire, they wouldn't feel the burn, and so they would not pull out in time, they wouldn't get the help they needed in time. Can you imagine trying to raise a child that feels no pain? And so because there was no cure, these people would kind of cluster together and be put aside almost like in a place of outcast. And part of the fear of that was because of contagion. Nobody wanted to get what they had. But the other part of it was they were very aware that they were deformed and, and looked strange and whatever. And so they themselves felt like they didn't want to be out in the public. In the 1980s, there were 5.2 million cases globally, but it went down to less than 0.2 million by 2020. Most new cases occur in 14 countries, with India accounting for more than half. In the 20 years from 1994 to 2014, 16 million people worldwide were cured of leprosy. About 200 cases per year are still reported in the U.S. But because they have a cure, people quickly get the medication that they need and they don't live out this kind of outcast lifestyle that was in existence before 1980. Now in the passage that we're looking at, some debate whether the leprosy that this leper would have had is actually the same kind of leprosy that we refer to today. In fact, uh, the word that's used is particularly in Leviticus chapter 14 when they're giving instructions. What do you do if you have a, a leprosy, the, disease, the word that was used was like a skin disease that was a bacterial infection. It was contagious and there were different kind of forms of it. It was just a general category for, for people who had this disease, white spots, whatever, and that was what was referred to in the Old Testament. Today, um, forms of leprosy, the form of leprosy that we refer to today, apparently was first introduced when Alexander the Great was trying to conquer the world. And I guess as he traveled around, he left this disease with him, uh, or in the places that he was. And so historians tell us that most likely the disease of leprosy didn't get to Palestine till 300 BC. And so while it wasn't maybe around in Moses' day, it's quite likely it was around in Jesus' day. And the truth is, whether it was a different form of leprosy or whether it was the form of leprosy that we know now, the reality is the stigmas around it were the same. There was fear, there was rejection, there was shame all wrapped up in this particular disease. In Bible times, leprosy was considered one of the worst diseases that you could have. You know, some of us might kind of dismiss it. Oh, that's an interesting piece of history. But having just gone through COVID, we might have a little bit of a better appreciation of what it's like to have a contagious disease in our midst. And of the need for quarantining and sequestering and some of you maybe even the shame that you felt in the early years. I got it, I gave it to someone, whatever, all that can be um, around a disease like this. And this morning we want to dive in a little bit to the story of the leper because I believe that the story of the leper really is a picture of all the different kinds of healing that Jesus offers us. And so one of the first things that we see is that in this passage is that Jesus is willing and able to heal. You know, in a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity for prayer. And for people that come for prayer, there's usually two questions in their mind that they're wrestling with. The first one is, do I really believe that Jesus can heal? I know that story. It was in the book. I believe the book. That was then. This is now does Jesus still heal? And some of us, yeah, we believe, we believe that he heals and I am dead sure he's going to heal Chris if she needs it. But if I need it, it, I'm not sure. Will he really heal me? And what we see in this story of the leper, that the leper comes and he comes with emotional needs. He comes with physical needs. He comes with spiritual needs and Jesus meets him fully. You know, in the culture back then, when they had leprosy, they were actually told, when you had this disease, if you come into a community, you come around people, you were supposed to yell, unclean, unclean. In other words, for everybody to run away from you. Like, who wouldn't want to live in their own little village instead of submit yourself to that kind of rejection constantly? The shame was unbearable. And what's so fascinating about this passage is when you look in the text, it says that Jesus reaches out to touch this man. Imagine when was the last time he had been touched? The emotional wound with, on this man was perhaps as big as the physical disease. And Jesus reaches out and he touches him. And then he says, This he says, I am willing. And the word willing that's used there in the Greek, it's like extending your best offer. Think about that. Every time you come to Jesus and you ask him for something, his commitment to you is to extend to you his best offer. His best offer. What is one of the reasons we spend time worshiping on the front end of a service is partly because we need to get our eyes off our troubles and onto our God who loves us immensely and get to the place that we actually believe that when we come to him, he is for us and not against us. And he wants to give us his best offer. His best offer is for you, New Market Alliance Church, this morning. When you go talk to your neighbors and your friends at school, you, with Christ in you, the hope of glory, you extend to them his best offer. How dare we hold back out of fear or shame of what they might think of us when we carry the cure, brothers and sisters. Jesus was not afraid of coming close to this man because he knew he was the cure. Jesus still heals us. Perhaps some of you, your body is physically fine, but you're walking around with an inner shame that is crippling you. And today's the day that Jesus wants to extend to you his best offer to set you free. To set you free. Physically. Physically. You know, Jesus comes and he touches this man. The word touch there in the Greek is a touch that changes you. Sometimes, you know, we pray for people. We don't see, we don't experience anything, but Jesus touches them. Just walking in here this morning, someone met me at the front and said, I remember being at such and such an event. I don't know if you remember me. You prayed for me. And when you prayed for me, the love of God, I felt electricity through my body. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. That's cool, you know? And it's all about him, right? But he works through us to extend his best offer, not only emotionally, but physically. I was out yesterday with a friend of mine and she was recounting to me when she and her husband were first married and they couldn't have children. They were trying and trying and they couldn't have children and the Lord stirred her heart, go to the church and ask them to pray. So they happened to have a church that believed in healing. Praise God for that. And so they went and and this woman prayed for her. She said, when this woman was praying for me, she was shaking. She said, I don't know what that was about, but I assume something must be happening. And she said, the next day, the woman called her and said, that has never happened to me before. But when I was praying for you, I was overwhelmed with God's love for you. And guess what? She got pregnant with twins. Twins. Jesus healed her physically, spiritually, you know, Jesus says to this man, go to the priest and go through these rituals, you know, in order for them to declare you clean, kind of like a COVID test, you know, you got to go through this before you can come out of your quarantine so you can actually get back into the culture. But what was really fascinating was the rituals that they were told to go through, which I'm not going to go into lots of detail because it's, it's just kind of quite elongated. It was like a process that took over seven days. So you can look it up yourself in your spare time in Leviticus 14. But one of the things that the commentators are really stressing about this is the rituals that he went through. The steps are not what healed him. God is the one who healed him. You know, when we have some time later to pray, you know, all of us have learned different things. Your prayer team has learned different things. We learn different steps whatever. God honors that, but ultimately it's not the steps, it's the Lord. It's the Lord that heals us. And what I found absolutely fascinating is that one of the rituals that they had to go through is they had to do a sacrifice of an animal and the priest would come and he would put... Blood on their right ear, on their right thumb, and on their right toe. Now that sounds a bit weird, but he would go. He wasn't even allowed to go into the temple. He would kind of get to the door and stick his head in, and this priest would put blood on his ear. Why? Because that was a connection to his relationship with God, so he could hear the voice of God and obey On the right thumb, that was so he was cleansed to touch anything. He didn't need to be afraid of touching anything, making anything unclean. And his foot, he was free to go wherever he would need to go. But the thing that was even more significant about this that really struck me is after the priest put the blood, he put the oil. He put the oil. You see, there is no healing apart from the blood of Christ. Jesus died on the cross to pay the full penalty for my sin and all the consequences that came with sin, including sicknesses and sorrow. And the scripture says, by his wounds, we are healed. In a few moments, there's going to be an opportunity for you to celebrate communion. Truth is, there is no healing without communion. The leper, Jesus, what do we know about Jesus from the story? He is willing. He wants to extend to you his best offer this morning. He has paid the full price for each one of us. And so what do we learn from the leper? Well, the leper not only was Jesus willing, but the leper was willing to receive healing. This guy is desperate to risk coming into the public like this and being shamed and ridiculed. I thought the video did a great job. Here are the disciples, you know, hopefully not the church. Hopefully that's not how we come across. Like, get away, you know, we don't want what you carry. But we kind of do, don't we? There are certain pockets of people in the culture. We're not, do we want everybody to come in our midst? Or do we walk a bit like the disciples where we're kind of like afraid of the devil and everybody going to come in and contaminate us? Or do we walk with confidence that we have the cure? This man comes desperate. You know, there's another story in the Bible of a leper, Naaman the leper. And he goes to Elisha and Elisha says, you know, go dip in this river seven times. He goes, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, how desperate are we? I remember a woman at a church I served at many years ago. She had cancer and I said to her, go on up to the front for prayer because we had prayer teams. I'm not doing that. I don't want to judge her. She's with glory. She's with Jesus now. But how desperate are we? Jesus says to us, I'm willing to give you my best offer. He expects the same from us. Are we willing to come to him and give him our best offer? In truth, what else do we see about this leper? He's a worshiper. He comes and he kneels before Jesus, the text says. He comes in reverence. How many of us in our culture, we come with entitlement? You know, when you come to the Lord Jesus, the healing that you and I need is way more than just my physical body. The healing that I need is that my heart would be coming before Almighty God and saying, like the guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I know you can do it, but even if you don't, I'm not going anywhere. God loves that kind of worship. He loves that kind of reverence that we bring. And this man brought that. And then we see that he had faith. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Somewhere he's heard that Jesus can heal. And he is desperate and he's coming. Now, in the video, it depicts the disciples in this passage. We don't actually see the disciples, but most likely they were probably there because if there were crowds, they would have been there and they were following along, sometimes kind of like being Jesus' bouncers, whether he wanted bouncers or not. They were kind of took on that role. And, you know, there's two ways of responding to this leper, We can respond like the disciples out of fear and hesitation, or we can respond like Jesus did with expectation. Now, why are the disciples hesitant to step out and heal? Well, perhaps up until this point, they'd never seen a leper healed before. That's a pretty legitimate reason to be cautious. Why are we hesitant to step out to heal? Well, maybe maybe we're not convinced that we have the cure. Maybe we're struggling. Maybe the biggest thing that you would walk away from here today is Lord Jesus, would you give me faith? Would you give me a heart to believe? Maybe we've prayed for many who haven't been healed and we're kind of like, yeah, I just can't keep setting people up for disappointment. I don't want to look stupid. So how long do I stay at this? And why isn't everyone healed? Well, I don't really know. The one thing I do know is that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our our thoughts. His timing is not our timing. I remember a neighbor of mine... And this man uh, wanted nothing to do with God. In fact, they didn't even celebrate Christmas. And one day like he got cancer and then he had this massive tumor on his face kind of that was like literally looked like a sweet potato on his face pulling down his eye so that it wouldn't drain properly. It was pretty serious. And I went over to visit him one day and he said, man, I need a miracle. I thought there's my chance. So I said, "Can, can I pray for you? He goes, whatever. Okay, that's good enough. So I just stepped in. I prayed for him, didn't feel anything, didn't see anything. I check in with him the next day and he's worse. So then I'm taking it up with. I'm like, Jesus, like, it's not my reputation at stake. He actually likes me. It's you he doesn't like. And immediately in my spirit, I hear the Lord say, it is done move in the direction, just like we sang that beautiful song, you said it, I'm moving in the direction of what he has said. The Lord loves that kind of faith. Two weeks later, that man is talking to me over the fence, an agnostic who wants nothing to do with God, the tumor completely gone, and he's giving credit to prayer, even though he had some medical treatment too. The sad thing is, a couple years later, he passed away. And I have very little awareness if he ever met Jesus. You see, healing, the ultimate healing is my salvation. And often God is moving us towards that in the various healings. He doesn't heal us with a condition. He loves to heal. You even have the story of the 10 lepers, right? They kind of, they don't come up. They're not quite as risky as this one leper. They hang way back and they're, they're like a gang, you know? They've got their own little leper gang going. And they're like, hey, master over there, would, would you heal us? And Jesus says, sure. He says, go to the priest, and the scripture says, as you go, as they went, they were healed. Only one comes back to say thanks. Jesus healed the other nine anyways, extending them their best offer, even though they were not grateful. For some of our healings, God comes and immediately touches us. And it's an instant thing. For others of us, it's more a journey as we're going in in obedience towards getting to know the Lord. He is working out his healing in our hearts. You know, I've been involved in this renewal healing ministry for a number of years now. And there are numerous times where I'm like, Jesus, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Can I stand up and preach about healing? Like, I don't see miracles like that. I hear little dribbles of one, and I grab those stories. And Recently, I was praying about some very difficult situations in people's lives that I know, and I just said to the Lord, why don't you do more? Why aren't you doing more? And immediately, in my spirit, the Lord said this, me do more? You know how God, when he downloads something into your spirit, it takes paragraphs to explain But it was like he was saying, Kathy, I did it all on the cross. I did it all on the cross. The blood was already shed. Now I am waiting for you to take the anointing that I've given you in the person of the spirit and take it out into the world. I've done it all, he says. So where do we start? Where do we start? You know, well, one of the things is you study about great healing movements. One of the things you find, if you pray for nobody, nobody gets healed. If you pray for everybody, some people get healed. And there seems to be this, you you listen to different stories of people, whether it's John Wimber or... um, Heidi Baker or whoever and they say initially I prayed for all sorts of people and people weren't healed but I kept praying and that is a gift to from God to us because we are so prone to take the glory and think it's all about us and he needs to bring us to the place that we know that we know that we know it's not me it's him but we have to start somewhere and so a starting place is to come alongside who's someone that you know that has faith Saddle up next to them, borrow their faith, and begin to step out. Just start with one. You know, and not just in the church, your neighborhood, where you work, your school. Is there someone there that has a need? I don't know of very few people, I know very few people who won't let you pray for them. They might be a little, well, you can do it on your own. Okay, no problem. I can do it on my own. But people are very prone. I have another neighbor who's struggling with another disease. And I have periodically prayed for her. And when I've prayed for her, she'll go, ooh, what was that? That was cool. I'm like, that's just the presence of Jesus because he loves you. God is just wanting us, if you get nothing from this message, I pray that you would get this, that he's giving. He's standing up here in front of you, New Market Alliance Church, with fresh oil. With fresh oil, he's saying, will you take it? And will you go out and dispense it? I was thinking even driving here, New Market. Uh, Where that name come from, New Market, must have happened up here, someone started a new market. And I want to challenge you, will you be a new market of dispensing the healing, anointing oil of the living God? Because he's paid the complete price. He's paid the complete price. And then the other thing that God said to me so clearly is, Kathy, let go of the outcome. You stop measuring me by your expectations. He said, be a Hebrews 11 Believer, You know what it says in Hebrews 11? It says, many died never having seen the fruit of the promise, but they never stopped believing in the promise. And I made a commitment to the Lord. I will keep preaching that you are a healer because your Bible says it, even if I never see any healings. I want to be a Hebrews 11 person. God loves to heal. And he loves to do the unexpected. I remember a woman from our church, she was in her 90s. She got hit by a truck, walking on a crosswalk, and this truck backed into her, broke her leg. She was too old to have surgery. So they just kind of put her in a bed. And so we went to pray for her. And one of the beautiful things when you're praying for people, you, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a believer. And so he knows what to say. You don't have to conjure it up and often he's saying stuff and saying stuff through you and you don't even know so I'm praying for this woman and out of my mouth comes this and I break off of you the curse that God doesn't heal old people. I've never prayed that for anybody before and as soon as I say amen she says to me that's so interesting that you would say that because I really believe it you got to die of something. Well she stayed in that hospital for a while and she got like Uh, uh, what is it influenza or something she got like really bad stuff she got blood clots her family doctor called and said to the family you know you better get here and say your goodbyes and guess what it was like two weeks later she's up bombing around with her walker in the old folks home helping everybody out her leg is fine just loves to blow apart our stereotypes and our things where we think they're we don't put limitations on him and so the worship team is going to come up they're going to come up and they're going to play this amazing song called i speak jesus and In this song, it's quite a lively song, so you're allowed to get up and move a little bit. But one of the things I love about loud band music is it becomes a time to intercede. When you're worshiping, you're worshiping the Lord. Sometimes a scripture or something will come up and it's like, oh man, so-and-so in my life needs that. In Jesus' name, I declare it, you know. My boss was laughing at me because... I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but one of the things I loved about wearing a mask in church is you can speak in tongues and nobody knows and you don't get in trouble for it. he said, oh yeah, I can just see two years from now, you know, the masks will all be gone and Kathy will be wearing her mask up front here. But I love loud worship where we can just speak out and whatever language God has given us, we can intercede. And I want to encourage you, New Market Alliance Church, as this song is playing, which is an amazing call, song called, I Speak Jesus Over My Neighbors, Over the Street, Over My Mind, Over My Family. And I want to ask you collectively as a body to reach out and say, Jesus, come and speak Jesus over us afresh in this place over our city, over our schools, over our businesses. And then after that song, we're just gonna give you an opportunity to move around. I'm gonna pray now for the communion. We're gonna give the Lord thanks. And you can go when you don't feel like you gotta rush and go hit the stations. There's no rush. You might just want to sit in the presence of God and receive from him. You might want to get together with someone that you're sitting next to and pray for someone like Chris encouraged us to. Or there's going to be prayer teams around the room. You might want to go and just say, will you pray for me? I just want to encourage you. Jesus stands before you this morning with his best offer. It doesn't get any better than this. I was watching last night as watching two girls in Turkey pulled out from the earthquake. Awful, awful stuff. And I'm thinking, Jesus, why would they even want to be alive? But then I started praying, Jesus, there's preachers and Christians and people there would you come and would you speak healing would you speak Jesus over those people that they could come out of the ashes and become a testimony to the living God to carry the best offer to other people there that don't know him and so Jesus we come we thank you that you are in the room we thank you that this is one of your addresses we thank you Lord Jesus that you know each person here You know the people. You are going to drop names of people into our spirits that you want us to lift up today. And so we want to come and we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your broken body. We want to thank you for the blood of Christ that was shed for me. For me. For each of us. We come, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for where we've lacked faith. We ask you to forgive us where we've sat back expecting you to do more. And we come courageously to this moment to take the baton that you're handing to us, to move out with expectation, to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.